Okay, so tonight, Bezor Hashem, we're going to be continuing with our series of Shiram on the Leshem Shemovachaloma. And we're going to be discussing a sugya that, again, like all the sugyas that we've been discussing in the attempt to condense the Leshem's massive project into a few series of Shiram, these sugyas touch the core of what the Leshem is, is coming to try and say, in my humble opinion. Now, tonight's sugya is going to be the sugya of Shavira Sakhelim of the shattering of the vessels, which is also referred to as Nisa Samalachim HaKadmin, the death of the primordial kings, as expressed in the end of Parshas Vayishlach, about the Malchei Edom, the seven kings of Edom who lived and died prior to the reign of the kingship of Bnei Yisrael. And the Arizal Spusiagenelenu sees in this Parsha, based on the Zohar Kaddish and the Idraba, as well as in the Idrizuta, a remez to this primordial cataclysm, this primordial catastrophe that opens up creation, that opens up history, rather. And this sugya of Svira Sakelim or Misas HaMalachim, for the Arizal, it becomes really the intermediary stage in the triadic form in which creation and history unfold themselves. Like we spoke about two weeks ago, originally there was this pre-original symptom, the Tzimtzum, the contraction, which we saw in the words of the Leshem, was much more of an actual manifestation of concealment on behalf of God, Kav Yachol, is the pre-original origin, the origin that always stands outside of the reign of history, somewhat irretrievable, impossible to grasp the cause or the reason for it, as the Arizal tells us that the depth of the reasoning is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kav Yachol that he simply decided, according to his ineffable will, the primordial will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kavyachal was to create a world through an act of symptom. The Shvira is going to be the beginning, as opposed to the origin, which is the symptom, which remains irretrievable to our minds. The beginning is something that we have capacity to grasp. And we see very clearly that for the Arizal, there was a, a very sharp distinction between the Sugyos of the symptom and Shvir Sakhelim, in spite of the fact that there are numerous Makoros where the Ari and the Leshem also sees Shvir Sakhelim, the shattering of the vessels, as a new iteration of the Tzimtzum experience, so that Shvir Sakhelim is really nothing but another form of Tzimtzum, another form of revealing concealment, as we're going to see. In spite of their similarities and in spite of the unicity that rests at the core of these Sugyos, Nevertheless, Simpson is going to be considered an origin and by nature irretrievable. And Shvira Sakhelim is going to be considered a beginning of a process which we have access to, and therefore we don't have to utilize the same Lashonos of Kavyachol and the same limitations that we apply to the Sogya of Simpson, because Shvira Sakhelim is something that happens already within the limited order that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has revealed from the original will that created the Tzimtzum. And finally, the last stage is going to be what we see as Olam HaTikun, or elevating the Nitzotos that fell, elevating the Kalim that fell, that broke during Shvira Sakhelim. So this triadic process of past, present, and future that the Arizal is really describing is Tzimtzum, the Shvira, and then eventually the Tikkun, which ultimately manifests in the eschatological moment when the world and history is redeemed. Now, for the Leshem, as we've spoken about numerous times, one of his Svarim, and, and quite possibly his lengthiest Sefer, aside from Sefer Habiurim on Eitzchayim, which had the Leshem been able to finish, would have far outweighed the amount and the, the, the sheer length of Sefer Hadeya. But the lengthiest Sefer that we have is Sefer Hadeya. Now, Sefer Hadeya, as we said, stands for Drushe Olam HaTohu. They are the Drushim about Olam HaTohu. Olam HaTohu is this stage that HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals into the world at the beginning of creation, which is chaos, which is suffering, which is difficult. Because the first act that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did after the Tzimtzum was this trauma, this cataclysm, this catastrophe that broke everything. Everything that had been arranged, everything that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had set up, in order to create existence and to allow history to unfold, undergoes this sudden trauma, this shattering, where everything becomes misplaced and displaced, and things which are supposed to be up become down, and things which are down are become up, and things that are supposed to be on the left become right, and things that are on the right are meant to be on the left. The Shvira 
creates this disorder in the world, which is why Chazal tell us, and Leshem quotes this explicitly in Sefer Adeya, the Lashon of Tohu, the Lashon of Chaos, based on the Sefer Abahir, and Rashi brings this down in Sefer Bereshis as well, is that Tohu and Chaos actually implies Shemitahea es Eine Habrios, that it causes the eyes of existence to question itself. That when we look at the world, and we look at the chaotic manifestation of the world, very often our only spiritual tool, our only spiritual weapon with which to approach the chaotic misamalgamation of matter and form and Kedusha and Klippa is one of wonderment, of really having no idea how to approach this bundle of, of chaos. So tohu is something that not only ontologically represents the chaotic manifestation of existence, but it also represents a very common and, and lived experience, psychologically speaking, of simply having no idea what is going on in front of our eyes. The inability to order things, the inability to arrange things in a clear, ordered kind of past, present, and future type of way. But we're going to see, after describing the kitzer very quickly, what the shvira and what the shattering of the vessels actually was, we're going to see that for the Leshem, and this is not unlike other Mikubalim, except that the Leshem wrote an entire sefer of beyond a thousand pages on it, and it rests at the core of his system. For the Leshem, shvira sakalim, the shattering of the vessels, in spite of the fact that all appearances lead us to assume that there was some terrible mistake that took place, that there was some catastrophe that disrupted the original will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kavyacho. In truth, Shmira Sakelem and the shattering of the vessels is simply the desire of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has chosen to allow existence to unfold. Now, it would be enough if the Leshem were to take this catastrophic event that the Arizal describes, this shattering, this mistaken shattering that affects all of the cosmos up to and including and most significantly our personal lives in the existential realm of existence. It would have been enough had the Leshem kind of told us that, don't worry, this is really part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will, and it's not a mistake. But the Leshem based on what we saw last week in terms of his understanding of Gavuros, sees the Shvira Sakelem, sees the shattering of the vessels, not only as a positive and willful act on behalf of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but really the only way that existence, history, and the eventual rectification of everything which can be tasted in the present, none of that would be accessible or possible had it not been for this originary trauma which instead of being seen as something that breaks apart something that was existing, the trauma of Shira Sakhalim is what allows history and existence to unfold. So as opposed to the common understanding of Shira Sakhalim as a traumatic event which breaks apart and destroys a pre-standing order of things, for the Leshem, based on the writings of the Arizal and the Zohar, Shira Sakhalim is what allows this order to unfold. Instead of seeing trauma as something that disrupts the personality, Kavyachol, the trauma is what forms the personality. And we're going to see how Shvira Sakhalim is the opening event, the beginning that allows history to unfold. It is not a mistake. It is not an interruption. It is not a, a tragedy, God forbid. But it is rather the original planned action that HaKadosh Baruch Hu used to allow existence in all of its multiplicity, in all of its potency, in all of its intensity, and all of its manifoldness to express itself in all matters of diffusion and distinction, so that like we've said so often, that the eventual tikkun that takes place at the end of history will not only be an expression of unity, but it will be a deeper expression of unity that shows that even differentiation and multiplicity and pirud and riboy are part and parcel of the Yichud itself. So the Leshem does not see Shvira Sakhalim as a standalone event that was a mistake that unfortunately, in spite of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's original will with creation, takes place and pushes reality and existence off course. But rather, this event, this Shvira, this shattering, 
is what allows existence to begin to unfold itself. So instead of being considered an interruptive trauma that disrupts the person and disrupts their ability to continue to function the way they were functioning beforehand, Shvira Sakhelim is a constitutive trauma. It is an event that allows existence to begin to unfold itself without which there could be no expression of existence. Now, the core of Shvira Sakhelim for the Leshem is going to be based on what we discussed last week. Last week we discussed Gvuros, or the potencies, or what we typically identify as negativity and severity. For the Leshem Shabbat we saw that Gvuros are not negative in the sense that they are punishments or that they subtract from things, but they're negative in the sense that they create an imposition within the self that forces an effectuation and an intensification and a potentiation of the self outwards. That when things become thick and tight and claustrophobic internally, there's a need for an expression outwards. And the friction that is created internally through this back and forth and the tenua and movement from one place to another, which is rooted in the gavuros, as we saw from the Leshem last week, only through that distinction and that separation of the, pre, the primary unity of chasadim are we capable of discerning any sort of multiplicity. So the Leshem, based on the Arizal, is going to see Shvira Sakhalim as the result and the effect of the first instantiation of creation being the fullness of Gvurot. That in the beginning, like the Medrash tells us and Rashi brings down in the beginning of Bereshis, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to create the world Bedin. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to create the world according to the level of strict judgment or effectuation and multiplicity of creativity, of things humming and bustling because of the intensity of everything, where noise emerges particularly because of the distinction between things. But Hashem saw Kavyachol that the world could not be omade according to that strict measure of din. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu was Meshatif the Midah of Rachamim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu threw in a measure of compassion and mercy in order to minimize or decrease the potency of the Gevuros. Now the Svasemes and the Leshem says it explicitly, the Svasemes says it all the time in Parshas Bereshis, but for the Leshem, this is not a change of will, God forbid. This was not a retraction of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's original plan, but it was the order that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to create existence in. In the beginning, the first expression is Gevura. The first expression is the unbridled multiplicity of Gevuros in their raging and flaming expression outwards without limitation like we saw last week manifesting in manifoldness in all matters of expression, devoid of any actual existence because they're moving too fast. On a certain level, it is the potency of the electron that rubs against itself in order to create some sort of expression. The gavuros unfold and express themselves in all matters of expression, creating this chaotic amalgamation of chaos. And only afterwards, when we're going to see next week in Olam Hatikun, in the world of rectification, does that chaos take on a certain shape and order. But without this burst of expression, without this multiplicity that is allowed to express itself in its fullness at the origin and the outset of creation, there would have been no room for the multiplicity and the differentiation that existence demands for the sake of expressing a deeper level of unity. Now, According to the Arizal, this sugya of Shviro Sakhalim is going to be referred to as Olam Hanakudos. In the Parshios of Yaakov Avinu and Lavan, we see by the sugya of the sheep of Lavan and Yaakov's ability to take those lights from Yavan through his Chachma, like Rabbi Nachman tells us in Torah Aleph of Lukutim Maharan, that we see three sugim there that the Arizal allows to become bedrocks of his system. We see that there were three distinctions of the sheep. There were akudim, nikudim, and brudim. So akudim is unfortunately not something that we're going to be discussing in this series of shirim, although it rests at the core of what Leshem is trying to say in Sefer Haklalim, which we're not getting too much into in these series. Then there's a level of nikudim, and then there's a level of brudim. So nikudim, these points, this disparate points that are not unified, becomes for the Arizal the realm of Olam HaTohu, the realm of Shvira Sakhalim. And Olam HaBerudim becomes the realm of Olam HaTikun, the rectification of the world through Tikkun Olam, which allows us to elevate the fallenness of creation back to its primordial source. 
thereby drawing down further expressions of spirituality which were hitherto inaccessible. So, Olam Hanikudim for the Arizal, after the originary stages of creation, which were still lofty enough to be an existence that was not an existence, it was still a virtual existence in the sense that it existed, but it did not exist in any material form, the next stage of creation, which allows existence to unfold into an actual and real expression of materiality, is going to be the world of chaos, the world of Nikudim. We have, in order for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to effectuate the proper balance, to allow for existence to take root, there needs to be a balance between what the Arizal refers to as oros, or spirituality, or the immaterial light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world, and kalim, or the vessels or containment aspects which allow for this light to express itself. Like we saw last week with chasadim and gavuros, chasadim are the root of the oros, which are fully expressive, without any limitation. And the gavuros are the source of kalim, which when utilized properly, allow for a containment that makes things measurable and reasonable. So without kalim, the ore would have been too strong. Without ore, the kalim would have been too dark. So what HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided to create was a dynamic equilibrium, a movement between oros and kalim, between lights and vessels, between expression and containment, between fullness and lack, between light and darkness. Now, in the original investment of lights into the vessels, for whatever reason, and, and the Leshem in Sefer Hadea gives 12, re- I'm sorry, 11 reasons culled from the writings of the Arizal as to the mechanics of Shvira Sakalim. Because like we said, Shvira Sakalim is a beginning, and therefore we can try and discern the cause of it. The Leshem calls 11 reasons from the writings of the Arizal, and shows the Darcho Bakodesh that each of those 11 reasons are really rooted in the same general reason, which is that a Kaddish Baruch who simply decided that this was the best way to create the world. But those original vessels, for whatever reason, were incapable of containing the lights that were descending at this lofty state of existence. The light overwhelmed the containment, and the containment shattered these vessels, these thickened aspects of spirituality in the sense that they were gavuros, which would eventually manifest as harshness, negativity, and the klipos that we experience in our day-to-day lives, which are the doubts and the struggles and the anxieties and all of the things that we experience in the existential reality of olam ha'asiya, that fell and broke and shattered into a myriad amount, an infinite amount, until the rectification an infinite amount of vessels that are broken and in the wrong place. The lights, obviously, do not undergo any contamination because they're part and parcel of a Kaddish Baruch The lights ascend upwards. And these vessels, these shattered fragments of the containment that HaKadosh Baruch Hu placed in the world in order to allow for the dynamic equilibrium of lights and vessels of concealment and disclosure, they fell down to the lower levels of existence, thereby creating and manifesting and congealing into what we know as physical reality. Within these vessels, the Arizal and the Leshem at length speaks about nitsotsos. There's a certain halacha, if you will, of the quality and the quantity of the lights, the oros of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Once these oros, once these lights of divinity and spirituality enter into a space, even after they leave, they leave an irreducible trace which cannot, be, which, which cannot be erased. There is erosion, there is an ore, there is a residual light, if you will, of the original oros. In spite of the fact that they're no longer there, there are traces of light that cannot be removed or reduced from the receptacles and the containment centers that they were garbed in. So therefore, when these kalim fell and shattered and broke apart into myriad manifoldness, which creates this worldliness it's all of, in all of its chaos and doubt, each of these kalim contain within themselves a residual light of spirituality, which the Arizal refers to as nitsotsos, as sparks. And our job as the harbingers of re- redemption, through Torah and mitzvot, or through suffering in the existential reality of the world, is to elevate those sparks back up to the source of the lights, and elevate these broken vessels, thereby creating the proper equilibrium. That 
fully manifests in Olam Atikun. Until then, everything remains in the realm of Tohu. And this is one of the Chidushim of the Leshem, that when you learn the linear aspects of Kabbalah Sa'arizal, the Sugya of Shvira Sakhelim appears to be a one-time event with a singular reason, whether you want to say it was the catharsis of the divine Kavyachal, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had this intense gvura that needed to be manifested, or whether you want to say that it was a structural issue, that something went wrong along the way, God forbid, that created this cataclysm and this trauma. When you look at the Shvira Sakhelim as a singular event, you have to find the singular reason. But for the Leshem, and this is really where the Leshem is most influenced by Rav Shalom Sharabi, the Rashash. And in the first year that we gave, where I was aligning the Leshem system throughout the fourfold breakdown of Pardes of Torah Sasod, where we discussed the Rashash, the Gra, the Ramchal, and, and the Balshem Tov HaKadosh, what I had originally posited was that the Leshem can be found somewhere in between, wedged between the Gra and the Ramchal. But what I failed to mention, and what I failed to emphasize, was the deep impact that Rav Shalom Sharabi, the Rashash, had on Rav Shlomo Yashav, the Leshem Shabbat In Sefer Hadeya and in Sefer HaKadosh, Hakdamus Yisha'arim, as well as in Sefer HaKlalim, there's nearly not a single page that can be understood without the proper contextualization of understanding the Rashash's, the Rashash's system. The Rashash of Shalom Sharabi, who was the crowning jewel of Svardi Mikubalim, the Rosh Hashiva of Yeshivat Beit El, who wrote two Svarim, which, if permission is granted, are things that I would love to teach. He wrote the Hakdamas Rehovah Sanahar and Sefer Nahar Shalom, which describe at length the Kavanos of the Metpalalim. But what we've undergone in recent generations, in part due to the light of Rav Ichimayim Morgenstern and his Talmidim, in particular of Shmuel Ehrenfeld Shlita, is that the Rashash's system has moved beyond the simple kavanot that the Svardim typically daven with, and it has entered into the realm of speculative Kabbalah and the Theosophic Kabbalah, which allows us to see how the Rashash was creating ideas and philosophical ideas of Emuna and Bitachon that, when properly understood, change the entire terrain of what we think about and what we speak about when we speak and think about Kedusha and spirituality. Now. In the Sugya of Shvira Sakhalim, the Leshem is most clearly influenced by the Rashash. Because unlike the Arizal, at least Al-Pipshat, as interpreted by other Mikubalim, Shvira Sakhalim was a singular event that happened in history, and what we're experiencing are the after-effects of a singular event. For the Rashash, in his Hakdama of Rehovah Sanar, and the Leshem's Lashon in Sefer Hadeya about the Rashash, is she Kirish as ha'olam b'machshavso, that he created a storm in the world due to his chidushim, the Rashash shows us that Shvira Sakhalim is not a singular event that took place in the originary beginning of this worldliness and existence, as if it were some historical event that needs to be properly understood and its after effects need to be dealt with properly, but rather Shvira Sakhalim is something that takes place in every prat, which is the Lashon of the Lashon, that Shvir Sakhalim doesn't only take place in the Klalim, in the general reality and structure of this world, as a historical event that took place long ago that we need to try and understand, but rather Shvir Sakhalim and the shattering of the vessels is something that is experienced and manifested in each and every particular down to the lowest particular that is possibly able to be particularized, meaning the lowest residual effects of Shvira Sakhalim, each and every individual in their day-to-day lives experiences a Shvira Sakhalim and the after-effects of a Tikkun Olam. That Shvira becomes a constitutive event. It is not simply something that has happened, but it is something that happens and happens over and over again, and therefore we need to learn how to be mitmodeid with it, how to confront it, and how to learn from it. Now, for the Leshem, and then we're going to begin to look at sources that describe this, Shvira Sakhalim, the shattering of the vessels, as opposed to being an accidental trauma which breaks up some pre-existing order of things, 
becomes a constitutive trauma which allows for the birth of the order of things, that without the shvira there can be no order, that it is the chaos that emerges at the beginning that allows order to unfold. So instead of seeing the shvira as some negative event which needs to be dealt with as if it's a bidyeved, as if the world as it is is some secondary after effect of a mistake, kavyachol, we can look at the world as a l'chatzila. We can look at the world as the primary expression of the world, that the myriad and manifoldness of the gavuros and chaos in the world and the doubts and the anxiety of the existential manifestation of this worldliness is part and parcel of the divine plan, is part and parcel of the original thought of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so that all multiplicity and all period can manifest itself, so that eventually when Yichud takes reign, at the end of history, Yichud now contains within itself not only Yichud, but Pirud in its fullest expression. And this is not simply something that has happened once upon a time, but based on the Rashash and expressed explicitly in the Leshem, Shvira Sakhalim is something that is taking place within each and every prat of existence, within each and every personality, to the point that every experience that we have can be seen through the lens of Shvira, of chaos, as well as Tikkun. Which brings me to my last point before we look at the Makoros. When we look at the system of the Arizal in a linear way, as a past, present, and future, which are distinct from each other, as an original past, which no longer has any relationship to the present present, which no longer has any relationship with a future experience, the Rashash and the Leshem allow us to see the Sugyos of the Arizal as taking place at every moment. One of the Ikr Chidushim of the Rashash, of Sholem Sharabi and Nahar Sholem and Rehova Sanahar, is that everything that the Arizal says throughout the Sefer of Eitzchayim from the first Shar to the last Shar is experienced in every bracha that a person makes. That if the Arizal described the Klaliuta Kol, the generality and universality of everything, the Rashash, and after the Rashash, the Leshem, came to teach us about the Prate Pratiyut, how everything that takes place with Klaliyut is in fact taking place with Pratiyut as well, that everything that takes place on the universal level is also being experienced on the particular level down to the lowest particular of each and every individual existent. So that when we talk about Shri Rasakhelim, we're not talking about some trans-historical event, but rather we're talking about an experience that can be experienced and manifested within each and every rega each and every moment that a person is willing to pay attention, that a person is willing to have kavana and enter into the stream of experience that is the world of Panemius. So for the Leshem, instead of seeing Shvir Sakhelim as a past event, which no longer takes place, which was finished already, and which was fixed by Olam Hatikun, for the Leshem, Shvir Sakhelim is something that continues to be experienced and manifested at the present moment. There's a problem when you learn the Arizal al-Pipshat without the Meforshim of the Rashash and the Leshem in particular, in the sense that when Shvira Sakhalim, when the shattering of the vessels is seen as a standalone event, so then the assumption is that Olam Atikun has already taken place, that the rectification of the vessels has already taken place, that the Tikunim, that the fixing that needed to happen to fix this shattering, has already been imparted. But then the question that needs to be asked, and the Leshem brings this up as we're going to see, where is the Tikkun? Where is this world that is meant to be rectified? Because for the Leshem, all he saw was the Yisurin, and the difficulties, and the Gvuros, and the manifoldness, and the chaos of the world, and the Tohu, which forces a person to question the value of things. If Tikkun HaOlam was supposed to take place already, if the rectification of the vessels was meant to happen in a linearity of the temporal process of past, present, and future, where is this rectified world? But when you learn the Sugi of Shvira Sakhelim, Alpida Leshem, and Alpida Rashash, what becomes abundantly clear is that Shvira Sakhelim is not finished yet. We're still within the realm of Tohu. We're still within the realm of chaos. And in spite of the fact that alongside every aspect of chaos, there is also an aspect of rectification, which is fixing and elevating things at every moment, as we're going to see next week, Bezra Sashem. Nevertheless, the reigning structure of this worldliness and history 
is one of tohu and chaos. So for the Leshem and the Rashash, this difficult question of if rectification took place, then where is it? The Leshem's answer is very clear. He says, we're not there yet. We're not at the point of fixing yet. We're still in the realm of tohu. We're still in the realm of chaos and destruction and the trauma that breaks apart things. But as we saw from the introduction to the Leshem, this breaking apart, this shattering, is in fact what constitutes the capacity for growth. Because without the Shira, there would have been no capacity to fix anything. So amongst all of the sugyas of the Leshem, the sugya of Shira Sakhalim and Tikkun, which we're going to see next week, become the most fundamental vis-a-vis our psychological lives in the everyday of this worldliness, because everything that we experience, bein b'kedusha, bein b'tuma, are part and parcel of Shvira Sakhalim. And the side-by-side rectification which takes place simultaneously. So like we said, and unfortunately I wasn't able to print these sources before, before Shabbos, but the first source we're going to look at in Drushe Olamatohu, and one of the Ramazim that I want to bring out about the Leshem, because the Leshem sees, unlike other Mekubalim, more than any other Mekubal really, Shira Sakelim as a rectification, as, as a positive assertion, as a constitutive trauma, that the Leshem writes the Sefer Drushe Olam Hatohu, the Drushim, the, the, the essays on the worlds of chaos, representative of Olam Hanukudos and Shira Sakelim. But what it becomes colloquially known as throughout history is Sefer Hadeya. Now, Deya is representative of Das. Das, as we're going to see next week, Das Elyon, Das Ne'elam, the concealed wisdom, the concealed knowledge, is what rectifies everything. So even in the name of the Sefer of the Leshem, which in fact is truly Drushe Olamatohu, which is representative of chaos, we refer to it as Drushe of Sefer Hadeya, because what the Leshem came to show the world is that even the chaos and the suffering and the gvuros, which are typically assumed to be negative, are in fact part and parcel of the rectification that is operating perpetually at all moments and at every, every second. Now, the Leshem, in ensuring that we understand that Shira Sakhalim was not some accidental structural or cathartic mistake, the Leshem says as follows in Drushe Olamatohu Mayamar Klali Os Aleph. He says, Amnan it's abundantly clear that the entirety of Olaman Kudos and the Shira Sakelim was not a, a change of the will or changing of the mind of God. Because the entire aspect of creating worlds and destroying worlds, which Chazal teach us, which the Arizal is describing in the Sugya of Shira Sakelim, these become the building blocks and the foundations of all of existence. But as we see, because they were by way of strong gvurot and judgments, which HaKadosh Baruch reveals in order to allow for the multiplicity of existence to unfold, all of the worlds and existence that took root because of them, they were multiplicity and they were manifoldness without containment. But nevertheless, all of the roots of eventual existence emerge and take root through Shmira Sakelem. That everything that takes place within the unfolding of history, within the six epochs, within the six millennia that Chazal described, one aspect out of another, all of that is expressed in its minimal and multiple form at the moment of Shira Sakelim. All of that expressed and emerged and was manifested at a singular moment beyond the temporality of duration, but rather in a a moment that is beyond our ability to contain through the measurements of temporality. They all manifested in their fullness. The whole melech lemelech in each and every king. Zehu inyan malchusam. This is what it means when we talk about the ruling 
and the rulership of those kings. That in the act of Shri Sakalim, in the death of these kings, it was not a destruction. It was a constructive act that allowed all potential, all gvuros, which represent potential of chidush and novelty, to emerge and express themselves and flood and saturate and overwhelm the realm of existence. And we're going to see elsewhere in the Leshem where he describes this explicitly. The Leshem here is going to be showing us how is it possible that Shvira Sakelim, which is typically associated with the negative act, can become this origin of construction, an origin of expression. The Leshem is going to say that's because what Shvira Sakelim really was, was an expression of Gevura, a fullness and an expression of light in its full potency which the Kalim were incapable of maintaining. But Gavura, as we saw, are the roots of all multiplicity and expression. The Ha'inyan, and here the Leshem is in Drushe Olamatohu Chelak Aleph, Drush Gimel, Simen Gimel. And he says as follows, Everything that we're discussing in the Sugya of Shvira Sakalim is based on what we discussed previously, and we saw this last week. Because the nature of Gvuros are to never rest and to never be quiet. And they're always overcoming themselves, seeking a place where they can manifest. Because as we saw, the qualities of Gvura are the qualities of multiplicity and potentiation and intensification and eventually effectuation where things take place through pu'ula, without which chesed would just remain pashit, pataklis, apshitas, without any expression externally, the gvuros allow for manifestation. Ulachain ba'asher shahayu gvuros gedolim, because at shvir sakelim they were the strongest expression of gvuros, nit pazru v'nit achul l'nitzotzen in cheker. They expressed themselves without limit into an infinite amounts or an innumerable amount of sparks devoid of any order. Because the lights manifested through Gevura, the Kalim did not have the ability to contain them. But this potentiation of lights through Gevura overcome the Kalim themselves. And the Kalim shatter. And they break. And they emerge into inessential points. Because contained within those original lights of Olam Anakudos, contained within the lights of Shira Sakhalim, was the potential of all of existence that would eventually unfold. And it all emerged, Osan Hakawas Kulam, the Pam Achas Belosidarim Klau. They all emerged through this moment of Shira Sakalim without any order, but the potential was there. The Cholha Pratim, the Prate Pratim Shahaya Asid Latseis, and all of the particulars and the particulars of the particulars which in the future stand at the ready to be become existence as we know it, our own personal lives, the Chol Mesha Chazman, the Sheshis Alfim Hashana, in all of the historical unfolding of 6,000 millennia. Kol Aleph Biyumo B'Shaiso, each person according to their moment and their time, Nimshach Gedula D'Chol Aleph La'at La'at Ad Shanishlam Al Shlemuso. And this expression of all the potential and manifestation of existence of Olam HaTohu, as the Leshem says, it is not separate and apart from Olam HaTikun, but rather Tohu and Tikun, chaos and rectification, the chaotic manifestation of gavuros and the eventual rectification of those innumerable and multiple gavuros into vessels, they are not a cause and effect. They are not two separate stages in history, but rather they are part and parcel of the same process. That without tohu, there can be no tikkun. Without the fullness of expression, without the manifestation of potential in its fullness at the origin of creation, we would have nothing to order. We would have nothing to arrange into configurations as we're going to see next week for Ezra Sashem. Now, the Leshem says, again, he says, how could it be that if Shvir Sakhalim is this original 
productive action that allows for the emergence of existence as opposed to the typical way of understanding them as a breakdown of existence, how could it be that the Torah and the Arizal refer to them as Misa? Because when we look at this chaos, when we look at these things that are devoid of understanding, that are devoid of order, that are devoid of proper kalim that allow us to confront them, our first assumption is that it is one of trauma and brokenness. Because Shvira implies a certain catastrophic brokenness, a certain trauma, a certain death of Misa Samalachim, where the seven original kings of Edom, as discussed at the end of Parshas Vishlach, they die. And Shvira Sakhalim is typically associated with this negativity. So here, the Leshem is going to be quoting one of the most significant pieces in the Zohar, which for the Grah becomes the crowning jewel, and the Leshem expresses at length. And this is again going to be in Jushe Olamatohu Chilak Aleph Maimar Kali Osgimo. He says, Everything we've been talking about, this emergence of potential, this expression that allows for history to unfold itself, that allows for creation to unfold, it all takes place at the moment of their death and their breaking. Meaning to say that it all emerges through the sparks and the shattered vessels that emerge. And this is what is expressed in the Ijaraba and Daf Kuflam and Hayamadez. The Itema Vahaksiv Viyamas Viyamas the Itbatu Lagamre. And the Zohar is asking this question. It says, if you want to tell me that Shvira Sakalim is this positive expression of a constructive moment, which in spite of its chaotic manifoldness and multiplicity, is in its root a positive assertion of divinity into experience and into existence, then why is the Pasuk telling us Vyamas? Why is it associated and so often perceived as death and brokenness? Doesn't it seem that that they broke entirely? And the Zohar continues and he says, That's not the case. And the Leshem writes in parentheses here, What does it mean to say when the Zohar says, That it's not the case? It's the opposite. It's lahepuch. It's the Torah of Purim, which says, Adarabah, Adarba, that Adar has arrived. It teaches us the opposite. That instead of seeing this as a death and a brokenness, we see that everything emerged at the moment of the shattering. That the trauma was not a destructive trauma, it was a constitutive trauma. It was the shattering of personality as it emerges onto the scene, which allows for the formation of personality throughout existence. It is the intense potential of energy which through life becomes manageable and expressed through the idioms that we express in our own particular identities. So the Leshem, based on the Zohar, is asking, how can you say Vyamas? How can you say Vyamas if this is constructive? And the Zohar goes on and he says, which happens to be this week's parsha. There's a machlokas, v'yamas melech mitzrayim. The Gra points out that typically when a person dies, they lose the titles of rulership or political associations that they had. So v'yamas paro, it should have said. Why does it say v'yamas melech mitzrayim? Ki'ilu, that he still maintains the name of Melech. And the Gros says that he didn't actually die, he just lost his original level of experience where he identified the Jewish people, and he becomes this king that doesn't identify with Yosef. That Vayamas doesn't actually mean death, it just means a change in level. That Shvira Sakhalim is not a degradation, but rather it is a change that allows for the eventual manifestation. So don't think that the Misa that we associate with chaos and Shira Sakalim, that the chaotic amalgamation of suffering and the existential ipsity of this world is meant to be death and destruction, but rather it is actually what allows for growth and construction, except that before it's Tikkun, it appears to be chaotic. But here we see that the Leshem sees in Shvira Sakalim not some trauma that destroys, but a trauma that builds a breaking, a shattering that builds, like the Arizal says, that Shvir Sakhalim was 
a kilkul amanas latakim. It was a shattering for the only purpose of eventually building afterwards. And the Leshem identifies, the Leshem understands that in spite of the fact that everything is perpetually elevating, as we're going to see next week, and that in truth, Tohu is part and parcel of Tikkun, and the Shrira Sakelim is what allows for the construction of the reality. The Leshem is fully aware of the fact that that's not what we see, that's not what we experience. And the Leshem says, Aval Misasam, the Chomakre'em, their death and all of their experiences, they're still going to be referred to as Olamatohu. They're still going to be referred to as this chaotic world which forces an individual to question themselves. But nevertheless, the Leshem says, and this is in Drushe Olamato, Maimar Kali Ostalid, the Leshem says, Hole Chatikun Rak Laat Laat. Everything is fixing itself. There is no Tohu without Tikun. That Tohu itself is Tikun. The tohu is the expression of reality, is the building of reality. He says, but it is moving la'at la'at. And in order that we're certain that this is not simply some cosmological event that has no ability to manifest in our own personal lives, the Leshem expresses something remarkable in the name of the Rashash. Now, this is not the words of the Rashash, but he takes this from the Rashash, where as we saw, Shir Sakelim is not some general event which took place at the origin of creation, but it's rather something that manifests itself in each and every particular of existence. And here the Leshem is speaking in Jusha Elamatohu Chilak Aleph, Jush Gimel Simin Hey. The Leshem says as follows The Indian called parts of Pratisha Amar. Every configuration that the Rashash refers to, which undergoes this shattering, this cataclysmic breakage, Hinehu Kol Ha'ishim Kulam. That every individual identity, every person that exists within the world of Asiya, within the world of Bria, Yitzira, and Atsilus, all of the different expressions of ourselves, that is what is altered during the Shvira. And he goes on to say, That these are the particular partsufim that shattered that the Rashash is referring to. That they are all individualized individuals, personalities. And every existence throughout, throughout creation. That each and every particular individual in their singularity experiences this shira. And the Leshem continues and he says, in Maimar Klali, he says, this shira, what we're seeing as the construction, the expression of the Gavuros, the expression of potency, which allows for the unfolding of creation, Yes, it is all part of the process of good. Yes, it is also that HaKadosh Baruch Hu could eventually take all of the multiplicity and all of the myriad separations that abide within this worldliness and show that they are also part and parcel of the Yichud, that even Drushe Olamatohu are part and parcel of Deya, of Sefer Hadeya. The Leshem says as follows, he says, Avalhole chatikun rak ma'at la'at. The tikkun, the rectification of these potencies, of this energy, happens slowly and surely. The fiyashir sheyachlu lispol, according to the measure that we as human beings are capable of sustaining. Avam mitat tamid al kopanim. Nevertheless, it is elevating at every moment. And this is where the Leshem and Rav Kook, as we're going to see next week, Bezrat Hashem, kiss, in the sense that they're saying the same exact thing that the world and reality and everything that appears to be fallen and broken is in truth elevating itself. Everything is elevating itself. And there is no moment and there is no second without rectification. That the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu engages with each and every individual in this world, like we saw, that each person undergoes their own shvira multiple times in their lives every moment, 
Everybody experiences life and experience differently. Whether it's positive or negative, whether it's spiritual or physical. To the extent that each person in the existential ipsity of this world is forced to question things, is forced to be metahe al hadavar, is forced to say, what in the world is going on here? Where is this sequin that we're talking about? Where is this order and where is this goodness? Where is the light? The chen klal, and so too in general, in general, the entire governance that HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs this world with is like a riddle without an answer. To the extent that even the wisest of all individuals, Shlomo Melech and Koheles, ask these questions. Nobody can understand the chaos and the multiplicity and the bustling of day-to-day life, of the overwhelming anxiety that abides within this worldliness. Nevertheless, everything is elevating. Everything is part and parcel of Tikkun. That the Leshem tells us that this breaking is not some historical event that remains stuck in the past, but it is rather the emergence onto the scene of being with energy that is too strong, with energy that is too, pot- too potent, and therefore because of its potency it expresses itself in an unlimited fashion without order. And it is our job through our Bechira to take this chaotic potential of our lives and of existence and to arrange it and to order it and to frame it so that we can look at the tohu and recognize that everything is part and parcel of the Hanhaga Ha'amuka, the deep process through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided to reveal himself in existence through potentiation and multiplicity so that eventually Yichud takes on a deeper expression where even Choshech and even Rishus HaRabim, which the Arizal refers to as Olam HaTohu, becomes part of Rishus HaYachid. Next week, Be'ezras Hashem, we're going to see how the Sugya of Tohu is rooted entirely in the Sugya of Tikkun, and we're going to see how for the Leshem, there is nothing that is degrading. Everything, in spite of its apparent brokenness and in the apparent duplicity that reigns supreme after the Simpson, everything is entirely elevating itself. Everything is moving upwards in spite of the fact that it appears to be the opposite.